Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zogad. Don't you like to see these two blood Absolutely. Oh, yeah. scumbags going after each other? Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. They call him Superstar. He's dumb, 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 dumb. A muscle-bound meathead. He's dumb, 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 dumb. He was a long snapper. He's dum 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 dum. I snap in '98. He's dum 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 dum. He's on the air right now. He's dum 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 with Mackie and Judd. Dalton sets and throws, intercepted, picked off by Kendricks. Eric Kendricks looking for the angle, dives to the end zone, touchdown Vikings. Shotgun for Keenum, Keenum throws, end zone, it's caught by Diggs, touchdown Vikings. From 53 yards away, four bad. Doink and through. Now, Judd, I love watching games with Star for a million reasons, but number one, he is the, the inside special teams expert with some post-traumatic kicker stress syndrome inside of him still. <laughs> yep. And so even when Kai Forbath makes all of his kicks, Star sees things in the setup, in the approach, or just the way the ball was kicked that foreshadowed doom and gloom going forward. Of course he does. He's a genius <laughs> when it comes to that. And can, and can the man please... Can Cardiac Kai quit doinking I like that. I like the football <laughs> off the pump? I don't need that anymore. We don't need... Just make the bleeping kick. Make the kick, right? But I, And I know it went in. Make it routine. But you know, I'm si- how many times in the last uh, four weeks have we heard... Dunk! You guys are... Yeah, beggars can't be choosers when it comes to kickers. All you guys I know are... is... It used to be that when someone scored a touchdown, you'd get up and go to the fridge. And you'd get <laughs> another beer, some... Like some some French onion dip and some more Doritos. That's an interesting and, combo. I kind of like that combo. Uh, it's a really good one. Cool Ranch or what yeah, do you? Uh, cool Ranch. Okay. Well, French onion. Cause stomach. Oh, Cool Ranch uh, Doritos. Doritos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can't do that now with Kyle. Four bath will ruin your entire day just on extra points. See, you guys, this is a different team. Tell me more. It's a different year. You're lumping in previous kicker failures yeah, with Kai Forbath. Now, are you seeing faults in made PATs now, Star? Is that what you're telling me? I, I just know that no two kicks, PATs or field goals, look the same. He's hitting them differently every time. You don't trust the every process. Every time. Left hash, right hash, down the middle, extra point or not. He's 
goofy. <laughs> He's flat out all goofed up in his head. He's a good kicker. To see this happen from Blair Walsh into this guy now, we've had some issues in the past. We won't go into that. We've talked about that enough. <laughs> and, see, uh, these are self-fulfilling prophecies. The yeah. more you think well, that Kai Forbath is going to have it happen. I'm not saying I have full confidence, but he's say. been better in the last three weeks, it yeah, feels like. Continue to tell yourself that. God, he's just sweating bullets. <laughs> he yeah, looks he very is. nervous. He looks so, so nervous. Every kick. Yeah. I, look, he made a what, 52 or 50. Yeah, like 52 or something. a good one. It was a good field goal for him. Uh, if you're going to, yeah, kickers look nervous in general because they're all kind of scraggly looking, squirrely. They're, yeah. They don't look like football players. But if you were to rank 32 kickers based on how nervous they do look, Case Ke- of Case Keenum, Kai Forbath would be in the top five. Oh, top two. Just like Just terrified. If Vinatieri is Mr. Cool Cucumber, yeah. Yeah. uh, and um, and I think Sebastian Janikowski looks pretty pretty cool at this point in his career, but Kai Forbath looks the most nervous easily. And I think you throw in the helmet, the bad helmet, <laughs> and that true. makes it look worse. What too big or it looks what? Looks like my favorite Martian. So it's too big. Yeah, way too big. It's coming down over his. Kind of That's like, what we can't see. It looks like a cyclist helmet. You know, like a ten speed bike. Yeah. What That's the that problem. What is that helmet? <laughs> true. Longwell was the only guy I think in my time oh, he, that he, he was, that was totally cool, yeah. calm. He he always compared it to golf. He said there was no difference between swinging a golf club and your leg. And he's it's like, true. I know exactly what I can and can't do. He was the only guy I saw who didn't look like he was about to melt down. He was a good one. Ed, Edinger, who kicked before him, Paul. He was nuts. Well, he started each kick with his back to the uprights, yes. I believe. He made me very around. nervous. Oh, God. I think Fouad was the only one that I ever snapped. Well, Eddie Murray, too. He didn't worry about anything. Nothing. Gary didn't either. Probably should have. <laughs> See what happens when you don't worry? Probably should have. Should have. Uh, Probably should have worried a little bit about it. I've snapped <laughs> some real some real issues, some guys with issues when it comes to field goal kicking. Like Nick Lowry. Like weird quirks or what? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. Like when you get over the football and everyone next to me is lined up and we're all wound up because we gotta, we're going to face the big rush, right? It's a pretty good jolt. Sure. Lowry runs back to the 50-yard line and then back over to make an extra point where he runs to the 50-yard line and back to make whatever kick he's going to make. Like he, he it's, then, it's like a pre-kick ritual? Yeah. yeah. Finally... You know, I mean, the guys were jumping off sides. They thought that it, it was time to go, time to go, time to go. And some guys would forget that he's running to the 50-yard line. Back. So you guys are all in your positions yes. ready, and he's yeah. like and taking he, his... And then he does it. Yeah. I come over, and I talk with Marty Schottenheimer. He goes, what's wrong? I said, does he have to run all the way back? We're ready. I mean, we're, we're all getting nosebleeds up there. I mean, our heads are between our legs. We're waiting for this guy <laughs> to get back true. to the 50-yard line. They try not to flinch, right? Yeah. yeah. The defense line, if you pick up that. again, if you lift up, they... Sometimes a defensive lineman comes, right? And he can. Yeah. I had no clue he did that. Yeah. I do. Well, that's got to remember that. That's got to drive you up the wall. Oh, I was shot and I ran a little visit with him. And? I got him in trouble. He said, shorten it up. Go back, you run back to the 35 or 40, then get, come back up and do it. It was like for this little adrenaline rush that he had to have to, to be loose and to be panting. It's a like a goaltender in hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. He, he should get a full sprinting head start from the 50. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would do. A full, yeah. full head of steam. Yeah. 40 yards. Uh, I have a checklist for you guys of if you're if you're I got a check for you guys. No, That's not a check. The, no. uh, those are going to bounce. Yeah. Um, 
if you're a Vikings fan and you're wondering now that they've clinched the division, okay, what are the scenarios? What what should you be rooting for? And Ooh. some of these are more my opinion. And there's one here that involves the Eagles that you should just be rooting for these outcomes if you want home field advantage. Number one, root for the the Vikings to win their last two games. Obviously, if they finish 13 and three, that will be one of the best regular seasons in franchise history, and uh, they would have a chance for home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs. Number two, root for the Eagles to lose their last two games. Because that's the only way you can catch them in the standings with the tiebreakers. If they would have lost to the Giants yesterday and they were down by two touchdowns, you would have had some more leeway here. Um, but it's going to come down to the third or fourth tiebreaker, even if the Eagles lose their last two games. And here's the most important one to me. This is a sneaky one. I think you should be rooting, like you just said, Star, for the Falcons to, to win tonight and knock Aaron Rodgers out of the playoffs. I think you should also be rooting for the Seahawks to lose so that Rodgers and Wilson are both out of the bracket. Because if I'm Mike Zimmer and I'm game planning or I'm a Vikings fan, I'd rather face Matt Ryan or Cam Newton at U.S. Bank Stadium than Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. Those are two guys that can just single-handedly drag a team of backups and still win a playoff game on the road. I don't know if I'd say the same thing about Matt Ryan and or Cam Newton on the road in that same scenario. So root not, against yeah, the Seahawks. Not this year. I mean, I, I would say that Atlanta last year, I would, I would have thought differently about that whole thing. But because they roll in with a pretty good package deal, a defense and offense. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Well, Russell Wilson can just kill you even more so now uh, because his, his offensive line is getting better as things go. And they're putting people back on the field in front of him. Yeah, although they got destroyed yesterday. But yeah, I, w- I wouldn't. 42-7. Yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't let that. That that's They're still going to be fighting for a playoff spot. And it is still Russell Wilson. So, yeah. And Aaron Rodgers, I, I would love to play him actually. We're going to on Saturday half. night. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Is that official? If the Falcons lose, that I don't. If know. The Falcons win they tonight. They could pull the plug. They're, yeah, they're done. They have to have several things still. Even with the Falcons, the, the Falcons losing, other teams like two other different teams can still keep them from getting in as of next week. Yeah, they have. Uh, they have to have like five specific things go right for yeah. them over the yeah. next yeah three weeks so, or two and a half weeks. So, Star, I uh, I said the one thing I want is this, and and I don't think it'll be a problem, but I want the Packers uh, to actually play a good, competent, hard game. Because if I'm Zim, I really don't want to go Carolina. Good game, tough game. Yeah, not a good game for you, but tough game. Two Bengals completely checked out. Don't give a damn. If the Packers, if you if you win by twenty there, and then the Bears, I think will will also be checked out. And then you're probably off for a week. And so the next time that you would play a really competitive game is playoff game one. Yeah, I would at least like one of my last three games to be a tough game. Yeah, and not say a twenty point victory. I agree. I totally agree. I I think that Carolina was not a good indication of how ready we think we are sometimes to play and to be this, you know. Undeniable defense. Uh, you know, they they show that on the first series, which they sometimes do. You know, on the first scripted series of the opponent's offense, sure, we we tend to get marched on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Rams and then did it's it. over. Then it's kind of over with. Rams and did exactly that. You're right. Exactly. A lot of teams have this year, I think. But I'm I'm really sort of anxious to see what's going to happen if Atlanta wins this game tonight. Whether the the Packers would really be stupid enough to put Aaron Rodgers out there again with him ba- basically being out of the playoff scene, would they risk putting him out there like that, knowing how valuable he is to this team, with nothing to gain, but absolutely everything to lose if they get him hurt really bad? See, he in his mind, 
he probably has the most to gain in his own mind yeah. because he wants to to stick it back to the Vikings for knocking him out. I'm yeah. sure he'd love to trash talk Anthony Barr. I'm sure of that. And he doesn't want to have to wait a calendar year until 2000, <laughs> you know, whatever, October of 2018 to make that happen. I think he's going to yeah. want to play and it's going to be up to he's not going to be the one that says, "Oh, you know what? We're out of the playoff mix yeah. now and uh, I'm just going to sit against the Vikings." Isn't so they have to pull the plug. that same foolish pride or arrogance or whatever that would say I don't want to play again because of what just happened last week against Carolina. I'm terrible right now. I don't want to show up like that again. Mm-hmm. And three interceptions and looking like I can't even run anymore and that wasn't the issue. It was his collarbone. But does he go out and, and say, yeah, I'll be a lot better this time? Or does he go I think he just does. have another? I think he thinks he's going to put up just like last year at Lambeau Field. Yeah. 300 yards and three touchdowns. The amazing thing is, and this is where Take advantage of this season if you're the Vikings because this isn't going to be how it is with the Packers every year. This was uh, you, you knocked Aaron Rodgers out and they lost a bunch of games. As bad as he played, they had the ball at the 30-yard line of Carolina, a chance to tie the game with a minute to go, yep. and he completed a pass that the wide receiver then fumbled away to the Panthers. They were going to score a touchdown, probably his fourth touchdown pass of the game, to put that game into overtime, I mean that's that's how close it was. Yeah. So take advantage of this little lull he'll, in the NFC play, with Rodgers and Wilson, because I I bet you I bet that he's go, going to go into those guys and say I'm playing, and you tell me who who in Green Bay is going to say no, unless he wasn't cleared to play, which which he's fine now. Yeah, yeah. and it's not like yeah. a he'll giant play. situation where they want to take a look at younger quarterbacks. Rodgers is the guy. I think he'll play too uh, in, in partial defiance because I don't think he has any respect for. McCarthy or Thompson at this point. And so in his mind, if they're like, well, we maybe should sit you, he'll say, no, I'm playing. I, um, can, I can see that. I, I, I could see him doing that. The guy you got to watch his back a little bit is Barr, though. Yeah, I, I, I don't trust the. I don't trust these guys. I don't trust the Packers one bit. Either. No, I, I'm dead serious. I don't either. I mean, that, I mean that, that bounty thing, if you think that that's gone now, you're crazy. Yeah, it's it, it's yeah. hidden. It's hidden better, well, it's probably. It's not being paid for. So yeah, just, exactly. You're not, you're not making it. You know, a cool two, three hundred dollars. He's got to watch his back, though. I, I think I would if I were him. It was a cheap one he threw on Aaron Rodgers, too, I thought. I didn't that was, was late. I didn't think it was cheap. Unnecessary, probably. Totally. Cheap. Totally. I don't know. He didn't put really? too much on Yeah. To uh, me, cheap cheap would be... Uh, running through a tackle that you don't have to... Unnecessary, Put on I a think. quarterback. I mean, you, first of all, you know you're going to... He didn't get a flag for it, so it's amazing. He, they also reviewed... The league it. office reviewed it, and they didn't even... He didn't get fined or anything for it. Did he? I I'll, I think there's a gray area here. Mm. Did he know what he was doing? Yes. I think he knew he was going to put an extra hit yes. on Aaron Rodgers. Definitely. Just punish him. He didn't think he was going to break anything. No way the way he hit him did he think he was going to fall and break his collarbone. No way. But he definitely threw an extra shot just to get another one in because they all add up. They, yeah. add, they add up during a game. Mike, he completed the act of the tackle. He sure did. <laughs> Let's not get in the words of the confused. National Football League. He completed confused. the act of the he completed the act of the rush. Damn, I, yeah. you, you, when you're going to the ground, you yeah, gotta yeah. yeah, exactly. Let's come back and talk more Vikings. Yeah. Uh, maybe Star can spend the next three seg- uh, segments explaining what a catch should be in the NFL to I us. Have no way of translating what a catch is. Don't ask me. <laughs> so holidays, me. hey, cousins, uncles, aunts, don't ask any of us don't what the hell a catch is. We don't know. I don't know what it is. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Another conversation we dove into, Kevin Seifer was pretty adamant in the 9 o'clock hour that this team is better and there is no comparison to the 2009 Vikings, the last team that had a real chance to win the Super Bowl. So we'll get Star's thoughts on that. 651-646-8255, Mackie and Judd and Superstar. 
Mackie and Judd now continue. Get the name right, and then if you're lucky, you'll appear. On 1500 ESPN. I know a division champion isn't uh, the final goal, but, uh, you know, it's important to be able to go out and win 11 games, uh, win your division, get a chance to get in the playoffs. I mean, it feels awesome. Um, this is this is uncharted territory for me, so uh, I don't take it lightly. You know, I think uh, we've got a special group of guys, and I've, I've said it all year long, but... Uh, you know, to, to come through and, and to win when we needed to, um, you know, especially after last week. I think uh, I think it was special. To do it at home in front of our crowd, man, that, uh, that crowd is awesome. And uh, to guarantee a, a home playoff game there, um, it's I, I can't imagine. I have a feeling it's going to be even more amped up. All right, Superstar, if the 2009 Vikings were standing right next to the 2017 Vikings, which of those collections would you pick to push forward here in the... 2017 playoffs, assuming that the 09 guys were in their prime and not 45 years old. We get them at their 09 ages, not their 17 um, ages. Favre's still old. I would say that uh, you, everyone's going to always say Brett Favre for the win, right? But that was the reason we lost that game. Yeah, I That mean, was the reason we lost it. Would Judd and say I both you want pick to. this team, this defense, and this offense is very good it. too. Yeah, you said it. Though the defense yeah. is, but is so much better. So much better. We have better coverage by a by a long shot. Uh, the underneath routes by our linebackers, they're good cover guys. Uh, the linebackers are. But our secondary is like, it's not even comparable. Mm-hmm. It's not even comparable. Defensive line, not even comparable. I don't care. I mean, Jared Allen was over there. You think? But, but Griff, yeah. Kevin and Pat? Those, no, they're not, they're not the same <laughs> as the mobility and the endurance of Linville Joseph and Tom Johnson and... Brian Robinson and fresh bodies all the time oh. rotating in. I mean, it was just constantly just a, a beatdown for those offensive linemen that we were facing. I think you have five legit def- defensive yeah, linemen on this team. You had three legit defensive linemen on yeah. that 09 yeah. team because Ray Edwards was just kind of over there. The only the, yeah, true. The only the only spot in 09 that was clearly better probably was the three tech with Kevin. The three technique with Kevin he's was a pro, he's a he, you know he's a Hall of Famer. But You're this right. nose tackle is I mean Joseph's phenomenal uh jared was really good but griffin's really good i told phil this here's my one starting point for a for this uh point it's coaching the conversation to me begins with coaching that too because you think about you think about the fact that pre-farve pick mike there was chaos sideline chaos 12 men come in 12 men come on the field out, out of a timeout I mean, not in some, not in some, oh my gosh, let's switch guys up. Out of what should be the calmest point for you, a timeout where you regroup, you have 12 men come on that field. And and I think when you look at Zim, and I think Zim can get amped up, but he coaches the defense for the most part. And then you go to Shermer, who strikes me as a very flat line type of guy. The coaching to me is a big difference. It's a big difference. Not that that staff was bad. I just think that this one is really more complete and probably better. Or, I, I, and I better, I shouldn't say I agree. Probably. I mean, I, I, don't, I think they're more organized. And attention to detail, uh, I think Zimmer has become a, a pretty good head coach over the over the years that he's been here. And I think that someone's actually managing the clock a little better for him, too. But but I, but more so his, pers- his personnel. His personnel is in the game. And they know where they're supposed to be. And the right guys are on the field. You don't have a Keystone Cop situation where you've got people making stuff up. Poor Tahi. Yeah, him, 12th man. You should go play for Texas A&M. 
<laughs> were they or were the they, Seahawks? Were they, were they reveling that? Yeah, you know, with the Seahawks, the twelfth man, he'd be legal on the field at that point. Mm-hmm. No wait, there'd be thirteen, wouldn't there? Um, I, I I just think that we're. I think this is a better team. I like the level headedness of a grounded. It's going to sound crazy, but Case Keenum is. He's thinking he's not playing with ego like Brett Favre. I'll just run out here instead of hitting Bernard Berrien or uh, just falling forward and letting Ryan Longwell try the kick. I'm just going to be the hero of the day and the gunslinger that I am. I'm going to whip it back inside for my old buddy, Simeon Rice. Picked off. Game over. Yeah, you're right no about Super the- Bowl and $25 million. He was supposed to be the answer. Why we should advance instead of the quarterbacks we'd had. Before that, yeah, you're right. Tavares Jackson, your ego point is right. Thinking back to that 09 team, it was it was a Super Bowl caliber team, but yeah, it was. Brett Favre, I'm gonna be, never I'm gonna be gonna the, the martyr here. Yep. Even Brad Childress' ego, inability to mesh with Favre, right? This is hey, don't be. This is my offense here. I know that you're Brett Favre, but and then uh, you know to some extent, Jared Allen, I'm gonna get my 15 to 20 sacks yeah. and maybe Adrian sell out Peterson, to the running game, Peterson. Peterson. There's just a little more high-maintenance ego to that team. This team feels so gelled and just so selfless. This is a football team. Mike Zimmer just wants to play football. He doesn't (laughs) want to even be in front of a camera. He doesn't want to have to talk about anything. It starts with him, too. I want to coach football. I don't really care about all this other stuff. I'm together with these troops out here. We're going to do it our way on the sidelines, and you can like it or not. You know, but... Then I think I think the players are grounded because of him because it's, it really is an extension of the head coach, cliche as it may sound, but but you do take on that personality a little bit, and I think that Case Keenum is he's a guy that can make a big play for you. He can throw a lot of different passes down the field. Shermer knows it and trusts him with that. Mm-hmm. He also is not going to sling it. He's not going to take off and sling it away. And just he hasn't done it all year. Seven interceptions, I think, still yeah. at this I, point. I don't think it's a coincidence, too. When you look at the Vikings' resume, Judd and I were playing the uh, the resume game as if we were a college football playoff committee and you got to rank the teams yep. and stuff. And and the Vi- I think we kind of, even Vikings fans, we kind of dismissed that Saints game at the beginning of the year. Well, it's a different Saints team now. I mean, is it? The, Ram- the Rams, it's, it's the Saints, not, yeah. and the Falcons all got handled by the Vikings. And the Vikings' only blemish on their schedule since the beginning of October. Now they lost, they lost to the Lions on October first as they were just trying to figure out Case Keenum was just coming in. So since that loss, they have one loss. They're ten and one, and the one loss involved two sixty-yard runs at Carolina against a ten and four team. By the way, yeah, um, and 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 a, a bad string of fifteen-yard penalties. That's your only real blemish since October 1st on your resume. Agreed. And you put to sleep a Rams team that has been what they did to the Seahawks yesterday, the points they scored against the Philadelphia Eagles a couple weeks ago, and you made them look like that a month ago. I agree. To Mike's point, though, you you tell me the the star or stars on this team who seem like, like they would be a pain to deal with. Well, Diggs probably comes to mind. I guess Diggs a little, absolutely comes to mind. A and little, I, a little bit, but he's a really good player. I, he's not your star, though. I mean, I'm thinking Rhodes, quiet, really smart kid. Yeah. I think Harrison Smith, Linval Joseph, Griffin's funny. I don't think he seems like a they're all jerk. Very, no, they're all a, very football obsessed he's, people. He's an intense but, individual that loves to play the game, and and he. And he He's like Johnny Randall. He's got that motor. Sure, know. but that's fine. Yeah, the best I'll take it. the best thing that happened now in retrospect to this team was last year. A year ago today, the Colts came here and handed them their lunch, and that's the only game since since uh, Zim got the job. That's the only game where I said they pretty much quit. Yeah, and I'm telling you that whole that whole thing to end 
last year was the the greatest thing now in retrospect because I think what they did was they said we can learn from this as opposed to ah it'll be fine yeah and I really think when when Zim got up there at the end of last year and said I got to do I got to basically look at this whole thing and what I did wrong I don't think he, he was blowing smoke I think he was dead serious yep and and you look at this now and you tell me how many guys on this team do you say high maintenance guy maybe a couple maybe but yeah, you got no yeah. Favre, you got no Jared, you don't have that Peterson gone. That's and you know what? It, it's it's just made more sense. I mean, everyone sort of talks the right way. You hear the same things come across, even from McKinnon last night. You know, some sound bites from him. He he's grounded. He knows where he stands in this in this mix. Um, but I mean, that's that's not Adrian anymore. And I don't worry about running backs dropping the football anymore or putting it right. on the ground. I don't. I don't. Or worry complaining about, about carries or, after a game or, or stepping up in and blocking somebody coming in on the blitz. Or swinging out of the backfield and catching a soft pass, yeah. I, or complaining, yeah. Whatever the case, AP uh, just not just a nightmare. The coaching staff is somewhat grounded too, more so than Norv Turner was. Say what you want to, he made things difficult. He made the, I think he was egotistical in some of some of his former accomplishments uh, you know, throughout the league. But that I think it confused a lot of people when Shermer and him were both at it. I think know. Norv thought Norv's way worked, and I think Pat thinks, okay, I'm I'm going to try and tailor my game plan. Yeah. Towards my personnel. Agreed. And that's a big difference. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you know, just force, uh, you know, a, a system or a, or an offense on a personnel that just can't run it or execute it. And I think Pat has found a way to put, you know, to throw away the square peg and not worry about the round hole anymore and just go with whatever's there. Absolutely. I think it's I think it's finally working. I, and people believe in him now. So when you got players out there that really want to work hard for a coach and they believe that what he's doing is the right thing, they're 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 sail, they're sailing out. They're trying to make a play. Yeah. So uh, Vikings, uh, they're guaranteed a home playoff game, and now it just depends on seeding. It looks like they're going to be the number two seed, but uh, they can win out, and then the Eagles would have to lose to Oakland and Dallas for uh, the Vikings to have that number one seed. Dave's got some questions for us when Ooh. we come back here. Why worry about the NFC when you can start previewing the Super Bowl? Let's get to that. Okay. Go, Matt, go! I'm just wondering... If you think Brett Hundley could have won a few more games if he chewed less bubblegum. <laughs> I don't think bubblegum. You know, Cam chews bubblegum. Do you notice yeah, that? He's right up there with Pete Carroll. Well, Pete Carroll chews bubblegum. Those are guys. I don't think there's a correlation between success or lack thereof and bubblegum. It just seems like it, it, it distracted him enough. Phil Mackey, Judd Zogad. Is it for charity at all? Uh, not that I know of. It's just somebody decided it would be fun. Mackey and Judd. It's like a clown car, but much smellier. On 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and Judd. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, Dave Harrigan is here. We have the superstar Mike Morris. Questions of significant importance. Yeah, let's start with this one. I don't know if you guys are aware, but they do not have a quarterback under contract going into next season. Are, Are you aware of that nugget? Oh, well, that's God. interesting. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't think anyone's brought that up before. Hasn't been mentioned. That's I did my research. That's a talk. That seems like it would be a talking point. Yes, we've all done our own speculation. Huh. We've all talked about what should they do, who should the money go to, what should the plan be. Let's uh, let's cut it down to Case v. Teddy. If you're asking just generic Viking player in the locker room, all right, some guy, he's a second string or whatever here, but he's been here a couple years, and he's under contract for another year or two. 
If you ask generic Joe Viking who he wants to be the starting quarterback next year, what does Joe Viking say? And on a scale of one to 10, how sure is he that he's making the right choice? Mm. So this is a generic Joe is like a special teams guy or something. Yeah, he's, a Vikings he's just player. Uh, yeah, he's just looking for some guy Mike? to get himself a ring. You're you're the guy that played if you were that the generic would be, player. That would be me and I, long I, snapper. I would say without even having to really think about it, in one New York second, I'd say Case Keenum, get him done first, uh, because I can't in the back of my mind if I've been around for two or three years, I can't get the thought of what happened to Teddy Bridgewater's knee out of my mind. Like, the guy that's going to lead me to the promised land is going to be the healthiest guy that can put up good numbers, and you can count him being out there every single Sunday, someone reliable that everyone seems to get along with. Everyone seems to have a, you know, a good relationship with this guy, including, including Teddy Bridgewater. But I, yeah, if it's me, I, I want to be with the guy that I know. is I know what I get on Sunday, and I know that he's going to give us a good chance to win and probably not going to lose a game for us by playing just completely out of his mind and being the gunslinger and the and the risk taker. I, I mean, I really do. I, I think Case deserves it, too. What did you think after 98 about uh, Randall? When when he came back in 99, did you expect that to continue? What realistically did you think was going to happen that next year? The, the reason Randall Cunningham was in all of 98 was because of the injury to Brad Johnson. Mm-hmm. It also was because Brian Billick and Brad Johnson were in his earpiece the entire season after that to make sure he was on track, to make sure he was doing what he was supposed to do. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Brad was gone the next season, and so was Billick. I know that. Yeah, because Brad Johnson went to the uh, went to Washington, leave, right? Yeah. I think the Billick went to, the, to, to take the uh, Raven job. He was never the same. He was never the same quarterback. He was a great athlete. He didn't He didn't quite understand where he wanted to go with the football from time to time. And they always made sure he did. They kept him on. They kept him on track. Okay. But it was a different guy. And and midway through the '99 season, he just he told Denny, "I'm done." In the locker room at Detroit halftime, Jeff entered Jeff George. So so uh, so at that point in his career, Randall Cunningham was a conditionally good quarterback, which is how I characterize Case Keenum. It's not a it's not a rip, but when when everything's right. And you and you sit there and you're and you've got the pieces around you. You got the right coach in place. You can perform like an MVP, and that's what Cunningham did in the '98 season. Uh, I, you know, Case Keenum. If 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 it's generic Joe in the Vikings locker room, if it's just a you know a guy and you're going to survey the Vikings locker room, there's no question they want Case Keenum as their starter after the three months he's put up. Um, but I would say. You know, generic Joe in the in the football locker room doesn't always know what's what's best for the franchise either. So, would generic Joe change his mind if it were twenty million dollars for Case Keenum? You know, generic Joe wanted Tim Tebow to be the quarterback. I'm sure for Denver a few years ago. So there are other things in play here. Um, but if the Vikings can keep things around Case Keenum on the up and up, if Pat Shermer is still the offensive coordinator, and if you still have a healthy and productive offensive line. I don't see any reason why Keenum's going to turn into a pumpkin. I mean, I think if you put him back where where the Jeff Fisher Rams were at the last couple of years, or put him back with, you know, put him with the Browns or somebody, is he going to put up MVP like numbers? No, absolutely not. And Aaron Rodgers might still, and Tom Brady might still. So he's not he's not that kind of a guy. But if everything else is kind of, you know, set around Case Keenum, he's proven that he can he can play like a like a borderline MVP candidate. Consistent, very consistent. 
as a, as a common Joe in the locker room, I I still say Case Keenum, and if it's a one to ten rating, I'm I'm <coughs> I'm nine on health mm-hmm. and on competency. He knows the offense. It's not someone else who's plugging it in to him. I think that he and Pat Shermer have got this where they want it. I think that he can talk to Pat and get it right. And I know that Bridgewater is on his he's got his back. I'm I'm sure of it. I've been told that anyway. I don't know if that's I just think talk that, or I think what, he's that type of guy. But I think yeah, he is. And I, I, I would like to see both guys back because they do you need two quarterbacks to get through a season anyway, typically. It's expensive though. It's yeah, gonna it get, be. That's gonna be pricey. Uh I say generic Joe says case, and in March case gets a huge deal and generic Joe is then cut. <laughs> so Dude, I just basically sealed my fate by saying, uh, okay, so, no, it'll be a restructure. Yeah, yeah it'll be a restructure. <laughs> and I go to camp with the Detroit Lions. Thank exactly. you very much. Yeah. Vikings have had some successful coaches, just guys that have over 500 records. It starts with Bud, Jerry Burns, Dennis Green, Chili. Yes, Chili. And okay. now uh, Mike Zimmer, he's over 500 on the precipice of taking the team to a Super Bowl. So two-part question. On that list of Vikings coaches, right now, where do you think Mike Zimmer ranks? And where do you think he will rank? Future. <laughs> Deep into the future. When he's 10 years over. Wow. So we got Bud. I'm sorry, Bud. You said Jerry. Bud, mm. Jerry, Denny, Brad, Zim. You don't have to rank them all. Just tell me where Zim fits in. Okay. I, you know what? Jerry Burns is a tough one there because I, I almost feel like Jerry Burns you know, co- coming basically after uh, Bud Grant. That's a tough act to follow, and he did fairly well. I would say you know longevity matters here. So I would say he's fourth. Uh, Bud Grant and then kind of Denny and Jerry Burns in a tie there. Maybe maybe slightly Denny. You guys really didn't miss the playoffs. Maybe one year under Denny in the nineties. Well, but I played. I think we only missed one of the ninety five eight years that I played for Denny. I played nine. yeah in ninety five. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that was an eight and eight. See, it wasn't like you guys were terrible eight, that eight. season. Bengals. Mm-hmm. So I would say Bud Grant number one, and then uh, you know Denny Green, Jerry Burns, and that uh, number two, number three mix. But uh, but right now Mike Zimmer four with a chance to get to two. In a few years, if he goes to the playoffs regularly, a Super Bowl would put him number one. Jerry was great, but Mike, I would say Bud one, Danny two, Zim three. I like Burnsy a lot, complete character. Uh, but if I had to rank them as coaches and the job that they've done, Danny two still. I mean, he had a lot, a lot of success uh, despite the fact it didn't end with a championship. And I would put uh, Mike Zimmer third. Ah, that's interesting. That's a good question too. This is a good one. Of course, uh, of course, it, it's average at best. Just like you thought out that cool it clearly song came in from a um, Twitter emailer. Deep into the future. <laughs> oh my God! I'm glad you broke that out. Uh, by the way, I'm happy uh, it's back. I know you are. Uh, you love it. Dusted that one off after about f- almost four years. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Bud Grant. Bud, I think you have to put him in there. But I, I'll tell you right now, because Bud had so much success, Burns can be tied to Bud Grant. Oh, it was a coordinator, pretty, pretty yes. easily. West Coast offense. There are a lot of things that happened because mm-hmm. Burnsy was his offensive coordinator, much the way he was. I think the quarterback coach for Vince Lombardi for the first two Super Bowls, too. He was definitely on the staff. I and know he was that. on that staff. And I can't remember what position. Okay. Uh, I don't think he was the coordinator. But I, I, I have to go with Burnsy based on the, the quality years that he put in for Bud. And, and Bud kept him for a reason. And Bud ne- definitely knew how to assess talent. Uh I, I, Burnsy was incredible. Yeah, I think he got him to the NFC Championship game a couple times, didn't he? He did in 87. Uh, I believe once. He has three playoff wins. And Darren Nelson didn't catch the pass. I, I want to make Mike Zimmer win at least a playoff game before I put him above Jerry I Burns. agree. I, I, and that's why Denny's three for me. Uh, Denny's three. It's and, not his fault, player and, and, uh, I, just, I just think that uh, Denny, 
was innovative. He knew how to put an offense together, no question. I think he had a really a lot of things that were very similar to Bud Grant in that he knew how to evaluate talent mm-hmm. and who to cut. Last cut, he made I think more good decisions than bad <laughs> ones at the end of the of the training camp. Uh, Mike Zimmer, uh, he's the other side of the ball. He's defense. Mm-hmm. I wish we'd had him in '98. We would have won everything. You know, we would have won them all. Well, but uh, you know, doesn't I think Mike? He, he has to. He has to advance in the playoffs. He has to get to the playoffs in advance and then win. And I think he's right up there. Then it's it's a term. It's just a longevity thing for Mike. Mm-hmm. If he's around longer, he's he's he moves up in that lineup real quick. Let's pregame for the Super Bowl when you're going up against the wow. New England. Start Patriots. drinking right now, huh? This is such a kiss of death right here. There's when you're going up against the Patriots. There's one guy uh, with their offense that you need to worry about, aside from obviously Tom Brady leading it. 64 catches, 1,017 yards, seven touchdowns so far this year. Nine catches, 168 yesterday in Pittsburgh against a pretty good Steelers defense. Obviously without Shazier, he's six foot six inches tall. He's 265 pounds. If you're Mike Zimmer in the Vikings defense, what's your plan for Gronk? Boy, that is a uh... That's a fun. That, let's star. You go first on this one. I mean, could you could you shadow him with Xavier Rhodes? Would that no, has that you, ever happened before? I don't think so. You it would you, be such you a could weird shadow him. Uh, I, I think there are a lot of different tricks to covering a, a physical mismatch like that. Antoine Winfield was a master at it. He could play against Megatron all day and probably get, give him like two or three catches. He would just wait for Megatron to come down with the ball and have his hand in place to strip it out from between his hands. He played. He played. Big guys differently. Uh, Gronk has that size, that strength thing, though, and so he's a he's a huge mismatch, and he's got great hands, not just good. He's got really good hands, like a receiver. Um, I think you know you can only contain him a little bit, and just you know try and make life tough for him, and just keep bumping and jamming him. But he's he's going to find his way to, out in the open field. No one stopped him yet when he's healthy. Could you I don't put, know of anyone that's really done a really good job of could, shadowing him as a linebacker. Could you put Barr on him? I think Barr would draw that Barr and assignment. Kendricks are, are athletic enough to at least yeah. have a shot there. I agree. I, I don't think a middle linebacker is going to stay with him very long, but Barr, I think, could. I think Barr could, but I, uh, he's so tall. He's God, he's a good athlete, too. Mm-hmm. And the prob- if he's healthy, he's he's hard to stop. The problem with with my just off my harebrained idea, let's say you were to say, you know what? He's their best receiver, and Xavier Rhodes is a big corner and whatever. Let's go step for step. Okay. Well, now you're going to have now you you're basically running nickel or dime defense the entire game, and now they might just turn to a running attack on you. So they, would, they can do that. You have that to option. get really creative. That offensive line this year isn't as good. They're not nearly as good as as the ones they've had before in the past. But Brady is still getting the ball out quick. So you either get to the quarterback before all this Gronk show happens down the field, or you try and double up one way or another with with like Rhodes and. Harrison Smith and make life miserable for him. Yeah, that's and, true. And Smith Harrison Smith job. can make life miserable You're for right. a lot of people. I don't care if it's Gronk or not, but it's awfully hard to stop that guy. That's why he's he is who he is. Wouldn't that be a? I mean, Mike Mike Zimmer as a defensive mastermind and all the chess pieces. Yeah, that, that would be the ultimate two week chess match buildup. How will Mike Zimmer? Stop a Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski offense. You mentioned Rhodes being a big corner. He's still five inches, fifty pounds. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, but I, but the, I the question is, if you linebacker. want someone the size of Rob Gronkowski and it's a linebacker, good luck keeping up. Then that's think, the, that's the think, conundrum. Think, that's why Rob Gronkowski a, is bar, ridiculous. Bar can run like a bar would have a chance. He can, he can run with him all day, but I don't know if he can. 
Cut the cover. Rim. Keep I mean, in mind cover too. him. Yeah, and I, I've never seen Gronk shut down if he was healthy. I've never seen anyone shut down. The one down. thing, Gronk, get hurt at some point. He always Gronk does. has a very good chance of getting hurt at some point. He plays before so physical, that game. You know, I mean, he does get hurt a lot, and he's still he's not, you know, he's not hesitant. He doesn't second guess anything when he gets back on the field. He just goes for it flat out. Right, which is a great he's thing. Flat out. I mean, he doesn't yes. care about injuries. He he's back and he's going hundred. He's going full tilt. Yeah, Mackie Judd, superstar. Mackie and Judd now continue. It's that time again on fifteen hundred ESPN. I know a division champion isn't uh, the final goal, but uh, you know it's important to be able to go out and win eleven games, uh, win your division, get a chance to get in the playoffs, and then uh, go from there. So I think it is big. I think it is a big, big deal. All right, Mike. Tell me about this. Checked out football teams. Because we see tanking in sports. But those are teams that play lots of games. And the tanking isn't, you know, they're not playing well, but they're just not good teams. And people are sort of trying, but not that high. The Bengals, to me, this is the most interesting thing when, when you get to games like this, where you either, in football, it seems to me, Michael, like you're either all in and you're going to play today's game, or you are completely checked out. And basically from the opening of that game, it was as if the Bengals said, no, thank you. Too much going wrong. Let's fly home as soon as possible. Yeah. I mean, that was about as bad as I've ever seen it from from the get-go. I've never seen a whole football team wondering why they even had to be in Minneapolis. Why are we even here? I mean, that's what it seemed like to me. And you would think that some guys would be proud enough on that team to keep it together. Because if you're if you're part of the problem, you're also going to be gone. They're going to get rid of you. You can't tank. I mean, who's going to tank? Do you have designated people that tank for you? Right. I mean, because who's going to take that chance and then not be on the team next year when they get all the all the the draft choices they're trying to position for? That's it's a fallacy. No one does that. You can, you've got 16 games. Play them all, and you better hope that by the end of the season they still like you, so you get to come back. Those contracts are not guaranteed. They'll find somebody else. Yeah, and I think the bad news for the Bengals. So Marvin Lewis, it's a, it's kind of a conflicting fifteen year time there because the Bengals were a, a hell of a lot better in his fifteen years than they were the fifteen years before he got there. Yeah. Uh, so he deserves credit for at least raising the water level of the franchise. But he also whiffed zero of seven in in playoff games. But now that Andy Dalton, it's just, he's just going to be left alone with whoever the next coach is. Cincinnati's not a destination spot for free agents. Uh, it's not like they have this amazing personnel department that yeah. continues to load the roster. I have a feeling they're going to go right back into doldrums for like 10 years. I think Cincinnati had its shot. They had Carson Palmer for a few years. He got injured. They had Andy Dalton, who's competent and a good roster around him. Yeah. And they whiffed in the playoff. They ran into Big Ben and the Ravens and Tom Brady. And they're in a tough now they're, place. Now they're back. You're right. They're in a tough division, too. Really tough. Dominated by, unfortunately, their their careers are overlapping with. The Roethlisberger's and uh, and whoever else who did you mention before that? I mean, they have quarterbacks in that division. Oh, yeah, well, the Ravens, even the Ravens with Flacco. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that that's a tough division. They play hard. In Cleveland, football. wait, no, oh, wait, never mind. Not yeah, that no, team. Cleveland, yeah, wait, not that concern. team. No, for sure. <laughs> and Dalton was Dalton at, at his best was good. I, I don't know that he would ever be considered though in that echelon of oh he put he potentially could be great. Yeah. I thought I thought that he had a, a really good season going. What was it two years ago? But then he got hurt right and at Marvin, the end of the season. And Marvin Lewis, the lack of discipline on those teams has amazed me. Like those Steelers games, they get so caught up in doing stupid things. It's like, don't you have an idea about the fact that you're trying to win a football game? And they are meanwhile taking 15 yard penalties and Pac Man's going crazy. And it's 
it's the one thing where you just always kept saying, if he can't get control, you're not going to win playoff games. Agreed. And he didn't. And, and, seven and, and you can hear him after games, like the one against Pittsburgh, where it was, you know, violent. It was filthy. It was rotten. They, you you interview him, and he's he's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Now, that's the problem. That's the problem. You're right. Because you're backing him. You're supporting your team for something that was completely uh, Bush League. It was Bush League what was going on. What they did with to Brown in the end zone was Bush League. And he knows it. He's a defensive coach, too. He should know mm -hmm. that you don't strike that way anymore. Uh, well, you know, football's just a really violent sport. I, you know, I don't know. Which play are you talking about? <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Hey, real quick. Uh, who was the head coach in the three years before Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati? That's how long was he's it, been there. Was it Sam? Dick LeBeau. Dick LeBeau. Oh, there's another defense. Three years of Dick LeBeau. Genius. Wow, there's another yeah. one. Uh, vent line on demand if you missed it yesterday. Superstar Mike Morris back with us on Friday. We'll see you guys tomorrow. A little pecking order. Where do the Vikings fall? <laughs>